It was a tedious job, but it needed to be done nonetheless. We spent all summer on the farm baling hay and putting it in the fields, going out, raking, cutting, doing all of those different things, and eventually we had fields full of hundreds of round bales. But they couldn't sit there, and so we had to go out and take the tractors and pick them up two by two and haul them back to the haylot. And as there were hundreds, it took quite some time. And it eventually became such a drone and such a monotonous task that often you just have to persist through, that you had to vision that field that was eventually completely cleared of all of those hay bales. It was a job that had to be done, but we had to have persistence often to make it be accomplished. And if we think about it, persistence is something that's really quite common in our daily experience that there are certain things in life that we enjoy doing. There are a lot of things that are pleasurable to get done, but so often many things that are worth doing take quite some time, or they take a tremendous amount of effort. And for those things, we need persistence. Perhaps there's projects at work or at school. Maybe we're building a house. Maybe we're saving up for that new vehicle. That whatever it is, it takes persistence that we have to continue to show up and put effort in. But how about faith? Does that take the virtue of persistence? Because we hear about it in the readings this morning, and I dare say it encourages us to a life of faith, yes, but also one that requires persistence. We start off with the book of Exodus because we hear about this encounter between the Israelites and the armies of Amalek. And as they come to terms, they start to do battle, they start to do war in a way that we might expect, that they simply verse off in the middle of a field and see who has the upper hand. But there's something unconventional happening. Because as Moses tells Joshua to go out to select men and to go out and engage with Amalek in battle, there's something that Moses does that's different. That he goes up on this hill, that he goes up on this mountain, and he takes the high priest Aaron and also her, and he takes them up on that hill, and then he has them stand by his side as he raises his hands outstretched in the staff of God in one of them, and simply raises his hands over that battle. And as he does so, we see the result, that if he has his hands upraised, that the Israelites have the better half of that battle, but if he doesn't, that Amalek has the better half of that battle. And the day goes on, it draws long, and eventually it comes to that point where Moses needs to rest. He becomes fatigued. And so Aaron and her are there for that very purpose, because they start to bolster Moses' strength, and they start to hold his hands up high so that the Israelites can get the better half of that battle. And eventually we're told that they mow down Amalek and all of his armies, and they eventually emerge victorious by that persistence and by that gift of having that ability to continue, even though Moses was fatigued, that the Israelites come out with the better half of that battle. And we move on and we see the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy, and we've been familiar with this for the last few weeks. He's been encouraging Timothy to do a lot of different things, but this one is a little bit different because he's encouraging Timothy to embrace sacred scripture. That he reminds Timothy of all of the different things that that gift of scripture has done. That it's continued from infancy, it's grown his faith, it's grown his fidelity, that he's sought and grown that gift of faith within his heart. And so he's really enjoyed the benefit of knowing sacred scripture. But it's not just for him. 
And that's what St. Paul really comes in to remind Timothy, that this gift of sacred scripture is entrusted to him, yes, but it's entrusted to him to be given to others, because it's this, got this ability to teach, to reprimand, to give faith, to continue to grow someone's encounter with God himself. And so it's not just something for him, but it's something for those that he meets. Furthermore, St. Paul ups the ante even more because he reminds him that it's not just for those moments when it feels good to proclaim the scripture and feels good to proclaim the word of God, but in fact it's for the moments that it's inconvenient. It's for those moments that it feels like the word of God is not being well received. It's for those moments when it feels like it's being rejected that still Timothy is to go out and to give that word of God to all who might hear it even though they might not accept. And so we're told that he's going out and he's giving conviction, he's giving this encouragement, but he's doing all with patience, with persistence, whether or not it seems like it's successful. That St. Paul's reminding Timothy that he's been entrusted with a sacred task. It doesn't fall to anyone else, but he's to go out and to proclaim the good news day in and day out, whether it's convenient or inconvenient, whether it feels like it's being received or being rejected, that that's the task that Timothy has at hand. And then finally, we arrive at the Gospel of Luke, and we're told at the very beginning that Jesus is giving his disciples a parable about the need to pray always without ceasing. And what is this parable? We're told about this judge who doesn't fear God or doesn't respect any other human being, and so he does his job, but he does it very minimally. That he's there, he does it in name, but it doesn't seem that he's really living out the spirit of what he's called to do. But nonetheless, there's this widow that approaches because she needs a just decision, that he, she needs something from him. And so we're told that, he, that she approaches, but it doesn't seem that he's listening all that well. But nonetheless, that widow not only shows up once, doesn't show up twice, but continues day in and day out, continuing to pester this judge and see if she can get a just decision. And eventually, the judge grows tired that he continues to see this judge, that she, he sees this widow that's continuing to persist. She's coming to him day in and day out asking for this decision, and he's growing tired. And eventually he decides, it's true, I don't fear God, I don't respect any other human being, but I'm growing very weary of what she's doing, and so I'm going to give her that decision anyway. And then the Lord comes in, and he reminds us of something. Is God like this judge? And actually, the answer is no, because this judge is, can barely be bothered to render a decision, that he's barely able to do his job or perform his function in a way that's satisfactory. But nonetheless, this widow continues to persist and prevails over him eventually because she continues to show up and to try and to continue to get that just decision rendered for her. And so eventually we see that the ju that judge, as bitter and as cruel and as it seems he's not really doing his job, he continues and still does his job nonetheless because of the persistence of this widow. But we know God is far more responsive. But there's a question here, and it's at the very end of the gospel. When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on earth? It seems rather riveting. It seems like something that just comes way out of left field. Because why is God asking this question? Why is Jesus asking if he's going to find faith on earth? Perhaps it's because faith isn't always easy. And many of us probably realize this. 
The faith isn't something that we can just kind of show up to because it feels good. It's something that often requires a lot of effort. It requires us to simply show up in the times when we don't want to. And yet, nonetheless, Jesus is reminding us, and he's very aware that faith takes all of this effort, that it takes all of this ability to show up and to persist and to continue to persevere in prayer. And he's aware of this, but he's reminding us of that need. Because persistence isn't just about physical strength. It isn't about spiritual or emotional, but it's all of these things combined, and it's about living out our life of faith well. But let's go back to the very beginning and see what Moses is doing here. Because we see what happens, that he's physically fatigued, that eventually he goes to that point where he can no longer hold his hands up. But what does this mean for us? Because oftentimes we may not be facing physical fatigue, but it might be emotional or spiritual fatigue. Those moments where we feel like we just can't go on, we don't have any effort or any strength left. What do we do in those moments? That we can turn to one another, and that's true that we can, but notice that we use Aaron in a very deliberate way, because Aaron is God's representative, because he's reminding Moses of that strength that is his through God, that he doesn't need to stand there and rely on his own strength, his own persistence, his own perseverance, but God himself is going to give him the ability to do what he needs to do. He's going to give him that ability to show up and to be strengthened by those around him, but most especially by what God is doing. But think about this. In our own spiritual lives, we have moments where we might be fatigued, where we might grow weary, where we might feel like it's not good enough, where we might feel like we can't show up at all. But what do we do in those moments? What do we do, for example, whenever we continue to go to confession and we have those same sins that seem to show up time and time again and we just can't shake them and we grow weary, we grow tired of going to confession because we feel that we just can't get rid of these things? Do we show up anyway? Because that's really what the Lord is reminding Moses, that he's there, he's giving him the grace to persevere, that he wants him to trust in God's effort and his strength so that he's not relying on just himself, but he's relying on the Lord as well. And so Moses is being reminded that even in weakness, even in those moments of frailty, where we experience the limits of our humanity, that God is still there with us, and that he wants us to continue to try and to continue to show up nonetheless, because he can do something with that, and he can do something amazing, that he can even mow down an opposing army if we give him that faith and that trust. But then we also go to this gospel and we realize that there's something important about us just showing up, about us going to God even in the moments when it doesn't feel good or it doesn't feel like our prayers are being answered. Then in fact we should continue to show up time and time again and trust that God's going to hear our prayers and he's going to answer them in due time whenever his will sees it best. But we have to trust that nonetheless. That even in the moments when we might be daunted by the moments where we feel that we're looking at the unjust judge, where we're looking at the judge who doesn't oppose, that doesn't seem to fear God or respect any other human being, or even when we look at our culture at large that largely seems to struggle with faith, do we continue to persist anyway? Do we continue to live that life of faith even in the moments when it seems difficult or it seems like we're just not going to get a response? Do we continue to show up? Do we continue to try? Do we continue to put in effort into growing our faith? Because, my brothers and sisters, it seems that God is wanting us to remind ourselves of just how much he wants to respond, how much he wants to be there, how much he wants to give us what we truly asked for in prayer. But we have to ask. 
We have to show up. We have to trust that God is going to answer our prayers. That he's going to do what he wants to do. That he's going to answer and indeed whatever we ask for and whatever we petition him with. But we have to have that gift of faith nonetheless. That this widow is able to show just what it is to persevere and to persist. That she sees all of these circumstances, all of these difficulties in her life, and yet nonetheless, she still continues to show up and to try, and eventually she's rewarded. Are we so bold? Are we still willing to show up even when the odds seem like they're stacked against us? Even in the moments when we feel like we don't know what to say in prayer? Or even in the moments when we don't know what to do? Are we still willing to show up and to continue to give that effort? But there's something more that undergirds all of this. That it's good to persist, it's good to continue to try and to show up and to do all of these things, but there's something fundamental that undergirds it all. Why are we persisting? Why are we showing up? Why do we see that it's worth putting in effort? Why are we showing up and asking God for the same thing over and over again? Perhaps it's because we have the goal in mind. Because so often, whenever I was driving that tractor around, and I'd be going for hours, it seemed like it was taking forever. And yet, I would still continue because I had a vision in mind that eventually all those hay bales were going to be stacked where they needed to be, that I was going to pull that tractor off into the shed and shut it off, and I'd finally be able to kick my, kick my feet up and finally be able to rest and to relax. I had that vision of the goal in mind, that end, that objective that I was going for. But our faith requires the same thing of us. That we shouldn't just simply persist because we think that it's the thing to do. But we should keep that end goal, that end vision in mind. That God is going to answer our prayers. He is going to give us what we want. He is going to give us what we desire. He's even going to triumph over our sins if we but have faith. If we but continue to show up. If we continue to put in that effort. That God promises us that that will be done. We have to have that gift of faith. We have to be willing to give that initial gift of our faith, our ability to show up, to try, to put in that effort, to persist, even in the moments when it feels like God isn't answering, because we know that he promises that he will, especially in the way that he supersedes, and he is super abundantly over this judge, because he's our father. He wants to answer us. He wants to give us what we truly desire and what we truly ask for. But it requires that gift of persistence. Because we all heard that question at the end of the gospel. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Jesus isn't naive. He isn't unaware of our condition. He isn't unaware of how much effort and how much it takes for us to show up, especially in the moments when it feels like our prayers aren't being answered, or it feels like our faith isn't growing, or it's simply stale. That if we continue to show up and put effort in, that we will be rewarded in time. The Son of Man will come, but we have to manifest that faith. We have to have that gift, and we have to strengthen ourselves through the grace of God by continuing to show up even in the moments when it feels like we have nothing left, or it feels like we're getting no results. Because Jesus asked this question because he wants to show us that he's very aware of how difficult it can be to live out this life of faith. But he wants us to know just how much he loves each one of us and he wants to give us what it takes to live out that gift of faith and to indeed strengthen ourselves spiritually, physically, and emotionally so that we can continue to endure not just to the end of the age, but to the end and to eternity so that we persevere to even finding of salvation that St. Paul reminds Timothy of, especially as we continue to pursue our relationship with God. 
So my brothers and sisters, that gift of persistence, it's something that we're all familiar with. It's something that we continue to have in our daily lives, but it's something that we should also take to our spiritual lives as well. That we know it takes effort, that we know at times it seems that God will not respond, but we know that in time he will, that we're all his beloved children, that he promises us that he hears our prayers if we but persist and continue to pursue him and to deepen our relationship with him. And so, my brothers and sisters, that question again, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? I hope and I pray that he does in each one of us.